Hi. Welcome to Taco, Taco Talk, Talk Show. And Leslie's got something very exciting to tell you guys. Um, yeah, I'm coming up in, I think about on the 1st of March, I will be three years sober. Which is pretty amazing. We've come a long way, right? Yeah, we've come a <laughs> long way. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to be discussing sobriety again today, just revisiting it. Um, since that was actually our first podcast was about yeah. that a lot. It yeah. Was, One know, of our first ones. Uh, yeah. Blood clots and sobriety. Yeah, that's the I one. Think, yeah, yeah. That's, we were definitely talking about it in there. So we're going to both talk about our um, addictions and they're, they're very different, but um, I think... They're very different and they're the same at the same time. Yeah. So, like, I think that a lot of people, when they listen to this, are going to be able to identify, even if they have addictions that we don't necessarily have, like maybe shopping. Or what was the other one you were saying? Shopping um, and... Eating. Uh, I have the eating addiction. For shopping. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of different... There's so many different kinds of addictions yeah, that working you can out. have. Yeah. Well, that's a form of bulimia, which I will yeah. talk about in a bit here because I've had problems with that as well. It probably did years of damage to my heart. But, um, anyhow, so let's talk about you. Go ahead. Start. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm coming up on three years sober. Uh, I don't know. What should we talk about? I guess, um, I I think that like you should talk about, uh, how you think that your addiction developed starting from, When I was younger. Yeah. Um, so whenever I was younger, like, I always... First off, I, I believe I was born an alcoholic. I know that sounds crazy, but um, from the moment I was young, I just felt different. I thought differently. Like, I had anxiety. I just didn't know what it was at the time. Um, and I just wanted... I, I didn't know... I wanted to feel normal even then. I was like... I remember going to sleep at, like six or seven years old just laying in bed just saying like this can't be normal like like how people think like I would watch you know I'd see rescue 911 and then I would like always um you know sleep with my back against the wall or I'd put my I don't know how to explain it I would be afraid I was gonna have a fire like I was always living in fear my whole life you know I know I'm sure we've talked about some of these topics before but like it's uh I was always living in fear. You had, like, great anxiety. Great anxiety. Over many things. Yeah, as just a little kid. And not to say that if you have anxiety, you're an alcoholic. But there was just a lot of things. Like, I really wanted a lot of attention, but I didn't want attention. You know, I, I would fantasize about, you know, performing in plays, just doing weird shit, like... Um, but I didn't... I was too scared of the attention, but I wanted attention. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. Um... I just believe that I, um, I just felt different, and, um, you know, the reason I think, like, you know, it sounds crazy saying I was born an alcoholic, uh... Well, there's a genetic factor, because no, there's, there like, is. nurture versus nature, and that, and addiction, too, just as well as, like, other mental disorders, yeah. so... Yeah, well, and I just, I always felt different, and, um, I always... The thing is, with alcoholism, it's not, you know, a actual substance problem. Um, it's actually a thinking problem. And, I, and, and we use drugs or alcohol to calm that thinking. To get and, relief. To treat it as a solution to our thinking. And um, I just always felt different. But anyway, so I, you know, went to high school. I drank a little bit there. Um, 
but then it was whenever I got to college and I actually, where I, I started having panic attacks, um, when I got out of high school and, you know, they, I'd go to the hospital and I think I've talked about this before, how they gave me, um, morphine, more, it wasn't morphine. It was like Valium. I actually don't know what they gave me. And I turned to my mom and I said, you know, I want to feel this way forever. Oh, because wow. I felt normal. Like I, I turned was it to a pill her or was it like, and I, they put IV. an IV in cause I was freaking out. I couldn't breathe. And then they, I don't know. My mom said like, can we get something to calm her down or something to help her? And they gave me something. And at that moment I was like, you know, this is what I want this forever. This is it. Yeah. And then, you know, then they diagnosed me with like anxiety disorder. And I, I had no idea like at 18 years old, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought something was terribly wrong with me. You know, like, um, I didn't know my brain could cause that physical effect on me. Yeah. Cause I thought I was having a heart attack or I thought like. That's probably why they gave you morphine. Cause I know when you. From a personal experience, that mm-hmm. if you go into the hospital with, like, any type of chest pains or possible heart things, yeah. for some reason, they always give you morphine. I don't know why. Maybe it slows down the heartbeat yeah. or something, but I hate it, but, I mean, it I sucks mean, for and, me. But. And, yeah, and I don't know. It could have been morphine or it could have been just, like, a Valium or liquid Xanax or something, but whatever it was, it calmed me down at that moment. And um, that's when they started giving me medicine and stuff, and then I started using all those pills. Like, they'd give me Klonopin, and I would... At first, you know, take... I, I don't know if I ever took them like I needed. Maybe at the very beginning. And then I started getting pain pills and... Um, How did that start? Well, I was coughing really hard. And, and, like, when I was 18 or probably 19, and I broke my rib from coughing. Oh, my God. Yeah, and my doctor gave me um, Allure tabs. And I didn't take them because I was, like, told, like, don't take medicine. It makes you weak or whatever. You know, like, yeah. know, that's what I was taught. Not by my mom. My dad was kind of like that. I think guys in general are kind of like that. Yeah. So then I went through this breakup, and I don't know, it was a big secret, a whole ordeal. And my friend was like, you know, they take those, sometimes people take those to get high, lore tabs. Because I had had them for a while, and I was like, really? And at that moment, like, I, my brain, like, switched. Because when I was younger, I drank um, vodka, and or I drank some drinks, and I remember I made a screwdriver, and... I asked my friends if they wanted more. Like, I was in sixth grade, you know? I wanted another one even at that age. You had a screwdriver in sixth grade? Yeah, I made it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. But I remember saying, like, do you guys want another one? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh. Like, at that age, I even, and I craved it. And over the next, like, next few months, I, you know, would fill that vodka bottle up with water. Like, I would just slowly drink it for, like, three months. Right. Just to go have a drink. I was in sixth grade. Yeah. You know, I, I never put, never thought about that until I got sober. Really. I wish I would have thought of the water thing. Like, mm-hmm. I never thought of that, like, as a kid. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, it was so weird. But, uh, so I started taking pain pills or whatever, you know. Um, and then I just started handing them out. I was pissed because I didn't realize people sold them after I, you know, gave multiple them. years of just handing out pills. But my doctor gave them to me, you know. Yeah. I really believe it's from, you know, doctors that don't understand addiction and how it is a disease and I was um you know I've it's a disease that's tried I have a disease that's trying to kill me you know um I've talked to I've mentioned it to Jessica before we were talking about it um but you know somebody that has diabetes or has you know cancer that those diseases sure they're trying to kill them as well the people but they go in their brain they say, okay, I'm going to get insulin. Okay, I'm going to go get chemo to treat my disease. Um, the disease I have tells me to go get more drugs and alcohol. Which is 
to kill myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's really how your brain is. And I can't explain the power of addiction and the power of alcoholism and how it gets you. But um, anyway, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So you started taking the pain pills mm-hmm. and then, um, then, and so you had already had the clonopin as well. Yeah. So now you have clonopin and Lordam. <laughs> yeah. Party. And yeah. so uh, then from there, like, how did it go to the next step? I don't know. In, in college, I just drank. And, you know, when you just surround yourself with people that are drinking and partying, you know? Right. You think it's normal. But I was always going to the extreme. Like, I'd be, like, at work puking, like, drunk still or hungover. And, I don't know, it just got really bad. But I moved to St. Louis. And um, I, I really, I started taking Adderall before I went there. But... I could never, like, have no substance. It doesn't matter. Like, I stopped taking, like, pain meds and Klonopin, really, for a few months in my head. I'm like, oh, good job. But that's how I thought, like, I don't know. And I started taking that and Adderall, and then I would drink. And then eventually I was like, okay, I'm just going to drink. Because I moved there. I didn't know people that had drugs, really. So I just drank all the time. Right. You know? So then I got a job at, at this really good like IT uh, it was a bank but I was doing their software and we had a happy hour and I ended up uh I was talking to Jessica about this I don't know I'm like I don't know if this is TMI but <laughs> maybe someone listening I, I can help can, like benefit from hearing a story from somebody yeah else. and um I'm not gonna be able to be president after this but, no, but I don't you, know actually you might maybe consider. right now <laughs> But I, so I was a heroin addict. I started doing heroin at this happy hour, you know, with all these business people. And, uh. So that's the first time you did it was at the happy hour? Happy hour, yeah. What? Well, I was there around, we went out, it was my first week of the job. They're like, we're going out for happy hour. And I'm like, hell yeah, happy hour. And then we, um, we were all talking about drugs for some reason, like what drugs we would want to do. And I was like, man, I would do heroin if I could. And literally the guy beside me, you know, in like a suit and a tie pretty much. And he turns to me and he says, how bad do you want to try it? Would you try it now? And I said, yeah, I would. And he had some in his truck and then we went and did some. And then we came back and we were in love, like seriously in love, going to go get married like two days later. We didn't, but like everyone was like, what happened? And I was like, I didn't tell them, but they're like, you guys literally just went out to the truck and then came back and your guys were like in love. They they noticed? This? Yes, we were like in love. I can't. <laughs> oh my God. So was this, crazy. Is this your boyfriend that you had yeah. for a long time? Yeah. He So he had a businessy job. Yeah, we met first there. First as well. Yeah, he was doing IT as well. Yeah. Okay, so um, then you go to the truck. Do you mind if I asked, did you snort it if you shot snort it? Snort it, snort it. Because I feel like, I mean, the first time you would do that, hopefully. I don't know, like, I've never done it, so I don't know, like, if... Yeah. I think a needle would scare the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like, at first, you know? I did the second time, though, the next day. The next day. Yep. And so, okay, so you started dating this guy, and so... But you're... I'd like to point out, though, that from the beginning, especially when I met you um, when you were in college and doing just, like, Klonopin and, like, lore tabs and stuff, you always surrounded yourself with people that it was normalized in their life you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I think that we all did that you know what I mean because like it was just like okay so we go to so-and-so's house and this person's there and they have lore tabs and they're just basically just handing them out 
like candy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, not normal. No. And like, you know, I I think that at the time it, it seemed I don't know how to explain it, but it just seemed like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't even question it. Um, it's like vitamins to us. We're yeah. Like, okay, I gotta go to work tonight. Can it, Leslie give me some pills? You know, not you. Know, it wasn't like that, but like, it was hey, you got like one that. of those? And I'm like, hell yeah! And then we would like take two together. I would like have competitions with my other friends. I'd be like, let me see how many I can take until I pass out and you pass out. I wow. remember I took like seven one time. Just I in in the future I took many more, but like all at, at the once, time that was yeah. a lot lot. And then it was like I was competing with someone to like see how much and i was still like coherent right you know but also i mean it seems like there was a turn that you took um when i around the time i had first met you towards not just uh nerve pills but opiates in particular because i remember yeah. meeting you and and hearing something about like a morphine patch do you remember those um yeah i'm trying to think it was fentanyl patches oh I was telling you probably about a morphine patch, too. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if you told me about it. It was that they were just like, yeah, you can chew up a morphine patch or yeah, something. Yeah, it was probably me. I would chew on them. You just, I don't know how to describe it, but. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah, you would just chew on it for like a few minutes and then it would affect you. But those were things like fentanyl patches, too. And that shit can kill you real quick. I mean, obviously, like fentanyl patches are different than like the powder fentanyl that's killing everybody right i do want to just say that i'm very happy that i got sober right before that shit got crazy yeah because now they're just i don't even know what fentanyl really is for it's like they say it's like an elephant tranquilizer really i don't know it's for pain but um usually for like cancer patients and stuff okay okay so like so you meet this guy and you fall in love in the truck on Mm -hmm. heroin yeah (laughs) and then um and then what comes from that uh then uh you know we're in love and then i leave my apartment and i move into another apartment we move in together um and then i keep doing it and then i stop i stop i do it for a few months and then i'm able to stop i do have other opiates to come down off of it and i would just scream at my boyfriend like why can't you stop why can't you stop and he said you don't understand i've been doing this for six years he goes you do not understand and you know six years later seven years later i fucking understood yeah i was like i love you i care about you like I, you know, I don't know how, I do, I did love him. I don't know if I was in love. I don't know. I'm sure it's mostly drug-induced, but I, I didn't understand why he couldn't. I legitimately was like, why can't you stop? Why am I not enough? Why is, why aren't these people enough? And like, I got to the point where I understood. So he was a function, functioning heroin addict for six years, pretty much? I don't want to say functioning, because he just eventually, like, lost his job and would go to prison, you know? Right, but at that point, if he's, like, at a happy hour for a business, yeah, like, business for, people, it sounds as, like he about, was... About that time is when it got really bad. Like, I okay. mean, it was, for six years, that's terrible, but then it just got worse and worse, and then he was in prison and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so then it just got progressively worse, and I would go to... I would get all the, I'd get another really, really good job, and I went away, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to dry out for a few months, because I was in uh, Boston for a few months. Oh, yeah, I remember the Boston. Yeah, and I was there, and um, there was a girl there that was like, I got Suboxone. I'm like, what are the fucking odds that this girl has drugs? Like, Suboxone is, like, stuff that you come off of um, opiates with, but I'm like, she's getting, she's working this professional-ass, like, really, like, 
you know, you got to focus and you have to have your shit together job. And she's like a former heroin addict. And because, and, but the whole time there, I was taking Ambien and Klonopin. Like, I mixed all my drugs, like, all the time. Like, which I mean, I just want to point out has, like, killed multiple, like, movie stars, like mm-hmm. Anna Nicole, her son, uh, that one dude, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Like, so many people. And it's just been, like, somehow they just mixed the wrong ones. I'm, I guarantee I mixed, like, double them. Like, I don't know how I'm still alive. I'm serious. I don't know. Like, I should be dead. Yeah, I think somehow it's just like those, it's a fluke sometimes. I just can't believe it. I really don't. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I just moved to Boston, or I lived there for a little bit, and I came back, and I worked a really good job for a while, and like, then this was a time Jessica told me, this was January of 2010, and Jessica said, I'm going to call, you remember this? Tell the story real quick about my, Okay. Um, I this don't is know when you found out about... This is because no one really knew for like a year. Well, I don't know. No, I knew since like 2008. Yeah, because I started doing it in 2008. Uh, Because you called me in 2008 and you said, you're talking. And I was like, you're fucked up. And then you're like, I'm on heroin or something. Oh, man, that's cool. I remember telling you that at all. Yeah, no, you definitely told me. And I was like, I'm telling Mo. (laughs) Like, that's the first thing I said. You're like, don't tell Mo. I'm like, I'm telling Mo. Mo's going to get your ass over this. Yeah. And so um, I called her and told her. And I thought, honestly, at that time, I was like, if I tell this person that you really, really respect, that you grew up with, and, Mm -hmm. like, who also, we all had fun. I'll just say that. We all had fun back in the day. But, like, I also feel like this person, um, our friend, has... Yeah, she has, like, a good head on her shoulders. She, like, gets things done. And also, I think... You would, I thought you would be ashamed into not doing it if she knew. Yeah. And I think, and then she found out, and I thought that's going to be it. And then she, you're not yeah. going to do it anymore because it's in my And house. I would stop for like a, a month or two. This was before it like grabbed me. Like it had me in its right. grips, you know? But then it was like, I was literally would get off the phone with you and cry because I was like, she's going to die. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. So I think, I guess it was 2010. You remember it better than I do. Yeah, well, it was end of 2009. It was when I got back from Boston, and I don't know what happened. I think I, I think I was, because I was like, I came right back, and, you know, the day I got back, I went and got drugs. Yeah, because you know? I was super excited that you were away from it. Yeah. And that's why I was like, well, if she gets away from it, then it's going to be out of her system, so why would she come back and just put it back in her system and have to go through all that again? Yeah. Which was, like, basically, like, kind of like a forced detox, except that you had those other things. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't heroin. So I guess I said, what did I say? I was going to like, I'm calling your mom. You said it was, I think it was a Friday. And you said, I'm going to call your mom on Monday and tell her you're doing heroin. You go, you can either tell her this weekend or I'm still going to call her no matter what. Either she's going to hear it from me or she's going to hear it from you first. Right. Yeah. I mean, that might have saved my life. Like, I know at that moment because I did. And you called my mom, right? Yeah, you did. I did. Yeah, I called her on that Monday, and I was like, and I, the first thing I said is, uh, did you talk to Leslie? Because yeah. you said that you did, I but called. honestly, like, I didn't know if you were telling the truth or not at that point, because yeah. um, I think that you knew that I was freaked out about it in the first place when you first told me, and I think that that's whenever you started lying to me about it. Oh, yeah, like, I started, that was one of the points where I started kind of lying to people, because at first I was like, oh, they just expect this of me, they know it's going to be, I'm going to be okay, like, I'm just like the party animal or whatever. Right, right, that was like your role, you, I felt. Yeah, you I felt, felt like, like I was, was in a role, like, I was just a partier, like, yeah. and that kind of, like, happened for a little while, like, I was like, oh, they expect me to be fucked up, they expect me to have pills, you know? But even then, like, I have to say, like, I didn't even know much, I didn't, 
sadly by default by just knowing so many people that have died mm. i didn't really know how dangerous that it was then yeah like, i really didn't know like i knew it was mm. really fucking super dangerous and i knew that there's times where you can like take the same amount or ingest the same amount or shoot up the same amount and one day it can kill you and one day it may not yeah like i knew that it was like iffy and weird mm. and so like i was just like this anything could happen so that's why i was like all right we're talking i'm talking to your mom yeah. about it and uh yeah, you're, you. I talked to your mom for a long time about it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she just, I think what she said at first, she said, uh, she goes, yeah, I talked to you, Leslie, and, um, and she was like, I'm just really upset. She was just like, I, if you would have called me and said that she had problems with pills, I, I knew that. She yeah. said that. Oh, man. And she's like, but I didn't expect this. And then she's like, and I know there's other things Leslie doesn't want me to know about that I know about. And I think she was talking about you being gay. I'm pretty sure. I was like, yeah, like, that's really what she's getting at. Yeah. I think she knew that, like, we were, like, girlfriends at one point or something. I yeah. think that's why she was, like, saying that. Yeah. But, like, I was like, I don't know. And then I was just like, your mom loves you so much. Like, I was like, that is so, like, she wasn't, like, I mean, she was upset, but she wasn't, like, mad she was like we're gonna get her the help she needs that's like immediately the thing she was saying mm -hmm. and that like she's like i already know a lot of things about her but i just this was not this took me by surprise yeah like this was like farther you know and i don't think she knew and i don't think and i definitely didn't know how serious it was even then i knew it was fucking serious but now that i've known so many people that have just died from it that like mm -hmm. i didn't know how how dangerous it was yeah well then that like so that caused me for about three or four months, I was like, I'm not going to do heroin. So I started doing Oxycontin, you know. Which is pretty much. Pretty much the same thing. And uh, which was, it was a lot more expensive, let me tell you that. So I understand why people go back to heroin. So then eventually I started doing heroin again. Quickly after that, I lost my job. And then um, I got pneumonia really bad because of it, you know. And I would... Because uh, opiates slow down your breathing, right? Slow, so whenever you have, like, mucus in there, it's yeah, like... Yeah, it slowed down your breathing, and I was taking Xanax on top of it, and I nearly died. Um, like, my lips were turning blue, you know, like, it was just really bad. So I was in the hospital for, like, six days, and, um, you know, it's... See, I didn't even know it could do that. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't either. I, I was so messed up all the time I couldn't I didn't realize it yeah you know? um so what did you tell them though when you went to the hospital that like, I told them the truth and they made me feel like shit about it what did they like say? they're like you know one doctor was like you know this is your fault you're doing this to yourself and da 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 and I'm like man you're really not helping in the yeah case. you're not helping the bedside manner wasn't there no I mean for a few people it was but like it wasn't and then I was but I was detoxing I was like I told the one doctor I was like I'm gonna be having a really tough time like you know, so he gave me pain pills, like, prescribed them. Like, they weren't super strong or anything. But it was just, get, like, to get you over the hump. Yeah, and then, but of course, like, I even, you know, had drugs brought to me in the hospital. Oh, shit. Yeah, heroin. I can't believe I'm admitting this all on a fucking podcast. I mean, that's, I just, I can't believe you did it in the hospital. Like, how would they, they didn't know? No, well, because I didn't sleep for fucking four days because I was coming down off this stuff, and you bought you cannot sleep. Okay, I didn't know that was like a detox symptom. I mean, there's just oh, so it's much terrible. about like, like detoxing is like the worst. Like that's why I, I just don't know about. Like, yeah, I don't... it was terrible. But anyway, um, so you had pneumonia, and it was yeah. making it so much worse. 
yeah. because of the breathing and the like how it slows down your lungs. Yeah. Everything. So anyway, I had pneumonia, and then I got out of out of the hospital, and then I, you know, kept doing the shit, and I was determined to stop, just determined to stop. And I moved back to Evans, but I couldn't. And I moved back to Evansville. I'm like, okay, I'll stop now. But I would drive to St. Louis once or twice a week, you know, and then. Which is a long way, really. A long way. <laughs> yeah, that's a... for you know, and I would just drive there and straight back, and I don't know, and just eventually, you know, my best friend died of an overdose, and you know, I felt like it was my fault, um, and it was uh, fucking devastating. Right. But I think what was worse was when my other friend killed herself, and we had discussed like I was like, oh, I'll kill myself, but I didn't know it was a serious thing, you know, and she killed herself, and I. Then it got worse, and then my other, like, best friend killed, like, overdosed, and yeah, that's just, I still try to get over that now, but I have to realize, like, I didn't force her to do anything. Right. You know, she... And also, you ha- I mean, all bodies react to these drugs differently. Yeah, and I from also... From day to day, even. <laughs> I was also watching a movie the other day that, like, <laughs> Julia Roberts was in it, and it helped me, like, so much, like... Uh, it was about the same topic, um, and but this kid thought it, you know, felt bad, like it was his fault. His friend died of an overdose, and whenever I was telling her what, how these, it made me feel or whatever, yeah, um, and she, cause she was doing stuff already, but I was explaining it to her, and I, I really believed it was the best feeling in the world. Yeah, I wouldn't have like introduced her something I didn't think that was the best. You know, like I in my head this was the best thing. And, and you're you know, like bringing somebody else. Yeah, in like to hey, the light. like I really. Felt I'm sure that that's way. what your ex boyfriend thought too. He exactly. Probably was like, I got something fucking cool to show you. Exactly. Like whenever you're even, like, I'd like to try. Yeah. It. Even though like I know I'm like man, you'll get it does suck. Like, but it was like, I, I don't know, like. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's normal. If you're doing something fun, you want to share it with somebody else. Yeah. And you don't think, you don't really think it's harmful to you because you think, I feel like on some level that you're invincible in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. Then you're like, well, it's not going to be harmful to them either. Why would, if it's not, if I'm not having any Mm -hmm. problems with it, it's not going to be harmful to them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just like, that's an addict's way of thinking, I think. I don't think that's like. It's not rational, but, yeah. you know, it's just how it goes. Yeah, so I, I realize, like, now it's it's not my fault, and it's it's just, I think when anybody dies, somebody, you know, if somebody dies, a lot of times you're like, what did I do? What could I have done? Or especially if somebody, like, she didn't kill herself, but, I mean, people always feel guilty. Or, like, they could have done something. What could I have done? Or, you know, about many things when, when it comes to death and sudden death. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just have to realize, like, I don't know. It's it's still a still a process, you know. Oh yeah, I think it. It's, that's and the it thing probably, that's going to be there. Yeah, and it's just uh, that was a rough one. Yeah. So th- th- that you think that was the catalyst, though, uh, to me getting sober. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, because I was actually so actually right around that time. You right had before, been trying to do outpatient. Yeah, right before that time, like I went to like. Uh, a place here and was like I'm really depressed like I legit was like I'm depressed like I wasn't thinking I was trying to get sober like legit and then they made me do the drug survey thing and they're like well you need to go here so the local rehab place and I went there and they're like you need to do inpatient I was like no I don't like they're like your drug use is a lot like that's not normal and and I don't know so then I did in or outpatient for a little bit for like a, a month or two and then she died and then I was like, I'm going to stay sober, but, like, at her funeral, I was 100% sober. Like, 100% sober. And, um, but after that, I started drinking, and then, you know, 
doing drugs and like it was terrible like I literally wanted like I didn't care if I lived like I did not give a shit if I lived I just did as much as I could um I couldn't I couldn't do enough. So was that, um, at that point, did it get the worst it had ever been? Or had it, had it been It had been before? really terrible. You know, like when I was living in St. Louis, I was working these business jobs and I was driving. Uh, I was going to, like, it, it, it overpowers you. I would drive to East St. Louis and get drugs on my lunch break. You know, like, I, I don't know. I It was really... I don't know, it got, as far as me wanting to die, yeah, that's the worst it got. Like, I didn't care if I lived or died. Like, that, like, I always had that craving. Like, it's a phenomenon of craving. Once I do a little bit, I want more, I want more. Like, I, it, it like, takes my soul. Like, I cannot explain how powerful it is. I've never felt anything that powerful um, as far as wanting me to do something yeah. negative. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, yeah, so that got real, it got real dark. Yeah. Like, really dark. Um, and then I just said, I, I just gotta go to fucking rehab. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I just, um, and just the way it happened, like, I, I don't know. It's just crazy that it happened that way. Like, I could have been with her. I would have most likely been with her hadn't I been, went to outpatient rehab and was trying to be sober. And, um, I don't know. There was just a lot, but I went to rehab and I got sober. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, do you think that's what she would have wanted? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I'm sure she didn't know how bad it was either. We, I mean, we both knew how bad we were bad off. I don't know, you're still, you're delusional. Yeah. It's you're like, delusional. you know you're bad, but, like... You don't realize, well, now when I like go I'm see... I'm not a derelict on the side of the road or Exactly, something. but when I go see, like, like what, what sucks about... I love being in recovery, but what sucks is you see a lot of your close friends go back out and relapse, mm-hmm. and just, you see them, and they're not the same person, and then you remember, you realize, like, oh, because I didn't think I was that obvious, mm-hmm. you know, but I was completely that you're obvious. Pretty, yeah, you're definitely obvious. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I could tell, like, by just the way you would, like, pronounce you, words. I'd you would like, just, like, oh, look at me, like, it. you're fucked up. Like, not many people would do that, but you would call me out immediately, and I was yeah. just like, fuck. <laughs> sorry. I can't get away with sorry, that. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that some in some people's lives, uh, that something weird has to happen like that where it's just completely shocking to the senses. And sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. Oh, yeah. But, like, I've also seen girls that I've worked with and stuff that, like, healthy, good-looking, pretty girls that I've danced with. And then, like, slowly I'm just like, what's wrong with them? Why, are they sick? Like, what's going on? And then I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not really in everybody's business because I try to stay out the dressing room. But I'll find out they're on heroin. And then, like, okay, well, her boyfriend just overdosed and died last week. And the next week was New Year's Eve. And she was in the back shooting up in mm. the back da- the room. She was so fucked up. She didn't know that she was, I don't think, where she was. Yeah. And she passed out with a needle in her arm and they fired her. Yeah. But it was just, like, it's it so hurts me to see that it's, like, I just want to shake them, you know? It's just, like, you saw yeah. this thing happen, and it was, you know, you yeah. lost somebody you loved, and, like... Well, yeah, you can't explain it. They're like, the power it has over you, like, I knew, like, it was hurting people. I, I, I didn't... But in my head, I was just hurting myself, like, but it is a selfish thing, but it's so powerful. Like, I would be doing it saying, I hate this, I don't want to do this, I hate this, but it would, like, 
it was like something was possessed. It was like, I can't even explain it. How yeah. it was like, I hated doing it. I was hating doing it. I was like, I fucking hated it. And I couldn't get high anymore. Like, you just get to the point where you can't even get high anymore. Like You just get okay. Yeah, like you just, level. you don't get sick. Like, because that was so, the, the worst thing is you would get sick if you didn't have it for so many hours, you'd be sick. Yeah. Like, I just remember so many things. Like, I wasn't there for, like, my family, my friends. I was just a fucking flake, you know? Yeah. Like... Because what kind of sparked this was, like, last night, I was just like, holy shit, I'm gonna about, you know, almost three years sober, and then, and what did you say again? You said... I was like, um, do you prefer it? Do you prefer how you are now? Yeah. To being an addict? Yeah, of course. Like, um, you know, I'm just like a, uh, I don't know, I'm a functioning mem- member of society. Like, can you tell a difference? <laughs> For sure, there? yeah. I mean, and you're also just like, um not an asshole like just in general like there were just times where I was just like you just you didn't have any I don't know I don't want to say the word respect it's not necessarily the that word I'm looking for but you just it wasn't that it just nothing else was important except yeah. like there'd be times we were supposed to meet up and do something and then you're like I gotta go to this person's house and I'm like fuck it like I knew you were gonna go get drugs and I was yeah. like and it was I know I know how I, whenever you fucking go get drugs how it is like you just have to sit at the fucking person's yeah. house and p- play like your friends you yeah. know what I mean and then so I was like I'm not gonna see her tonight yeah like I keep calling you and calling you and calling you mainly because I was mad I knew what you were doing but I never said anything yeah like I don't think- no one ever really did because I kind of kept it I kind of kept it real secret like not secret like I would just isolate myself you yeah. know and um but like I would go to the craziest fucking the craziest stories the craziest things I've seen like I can't even imagine like it, it's just insane to me like it was a whole different like I was a whole different person right you know? and I I'm not happy with the person I was but I don't I can't regret any of that past because well it's done it's done and also you know I mean? like, and, like I wouldn't you're be able doing to- way you're so healthy like you're doing so much better like mentally yeah. I mean, and obviously we're all going to struggle with something, like, mentally, yeah. you know, here and there or whatever. But it's just not the same. Like, I don't see, like, a empty head yeah, when I, don't I look like at I'm, you. Yeah, like, I don't feel like I'm being tortured. Or, like, I was, like, talking earlier to you about, like, I'm no longer desperate. Like, I was always desperate for I had to get up and go get drugs or drink or, you know, I was desperate for the next I, – I was just desperate to not feel – Sober. Sober. And I, I would do anything the, from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to bed. I was desperate to get more drugs or more alcohol in my body. Yeah. And that's all I could feel. And I had no peace. Right. And, like, now I have peace. Sure, sometimes shit sucks. And, I mean, being sober is not great all the time. Like, I have no relief. Like, even a normal person can have a rough day and, like, oh, I want to go have a drink with my friends. Like, I don't have that. But I have coping skills. And I know right. how to deal with it. But I have peace. And I can you know, be a friend and I'm not desperate for anything. You and know? you can be by yourself now too. Oh, I love being alone. I could never be alone before. I, I noticed already... that. I think that that has to do with a lot of, not just you, but I think it has to do with a lot of people's anxiety that if you're with somebody, you're not in your own head. No, I agree. That, I never even thought about it like that. You're right. When you're around somebody else, you're not by your, you're, you don't have to sit there and think about your own thoughts. Right. Like whenever I have like the, my crazy head things, whatever the shit goes on in my head. It's always when I'm alone. It's not when I'm just sitting there hanging out with somebody. Like, I'm thinking about fucking crazy shit right now. Yeah. It's like, because you're focusing on the other person. And, uh, yeah, I think it. I think that whenever people are, like, obsessed with always having somebody around, it's just that 
I think it's a lot of self-hatred, like, that they don't want to oh, yeah. be by themselves mm-hmm. because, like, of what might go through their head or the anxiety yeah. and stuff. But also, I, I mean, I think that's what drug use has to do, you know, what it is, too. It's, like, it's a relief from really anxiety. I think that even if it's not, like, anxiety medication that you're abusing, like, yeah. any sort of high is, you know, getting the edge off. Yeah, it's like, getting you out of yourself. Like, literally the pointy edges. It's just smoothing them over. Just a so you're not bit, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. But now, like, what I do is, um, you know, I was thinking about, like, what keeps me sober now is, like, helping other, like, alcoholics or drug addicts. And I say the word alcoholic because it's alcoholism and addiction is the same. I had, I had the same problems with alcohol, but unfortunately, I took it further even when did drugs, you know? Right. But. The thing is, like, I try to help other people, and if I get in my head like that and I start feeling that way, I can call somebody else and then ask them how their day is. Like, it's just, like, little things that I can do, and, like, or I can, like, go go to, like, where I went to rehab and see it, see somebody that's, you know, fucking in rehab, and they're just going through it. And then right. it reminds me, like, shit, I, you know, I don't want to be back there again. Right. So, I don't know, like, I just am reliable, like, my life's gotten so much better, and, yeah, every once in a while there's those moments where I'm like, oh, I miss being just, like, carefree and acting crazy. But, like, the moment I feel any chaos, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> like, like, I legit no. don't. Like, it's just my my mind romanticizing it. Like, it's not gone. Like, luckily I don't have cravings anymore. Right. But, like, um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, I know... I know my life is a million times better, but, like, I'm forever going to be this way. Like, I know, say, if I started drinking now or doing drugs, like, I know I'd probably die really quick. Yeah, no, definitely cannot do it. I know. Because, you know, you would think that, I think, a certain amount was okay. Was and okay. then your body would not be able to handle it, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, or I would just be miserable no matter There's what. that. Maybe if I just was like, okay, I'm just going to drink, and I'd just be fucking miserable. Because it would, like, spiral. It would spiral. And like, really quick. Yeah, I just don't feel like... You know, sure, I still struggle with depression and anxiety, but it's not the same. It's not like I'm also, tortured. Also, there's, um, I mean, with alcohol specifically, like, whenever you drink, your anxiety's so much worse, like, the week after. And, like, I thought that that was just me, but that is, that's basically your body, like, detoxing from alcohol. And I know that's, like, not heroin, but I'm sure it works the same way. I bet mm-hmm. that, like, when you're not, when you do drugs semi-regularly and then you don't do them, I'm sure your anxiety is just, like, Ten hundred times worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that yes, absolutely. Because like you're like you had that relief, and that mm-hmm. it's like a fake relief though. It's not real. It's not real relief. No. So when you go back to being sober, it's like everything hurts just so much more. Yeah. I mean that's how I see it. But like, so do you want me to like talk about uh, how I've not chosen? Like yes, maybe recovery? this is where we can do like, should we do a part two or should we just continue with this? 38 minutes. Um, I think we should just continue. Yeah, let's just continue. But anyway, I was going to say is, so I did mention, you know, like, this is something that's, like, lifelong. Like, I don't want, I don't, it's not a struggle every day, you know, but there are times where it's it's rougher than others and where I think maybe a a drink would, you know, make me feel better. But again, I, I know it's not the the right choice but it's not like i'm cured forever people are like oh you went to rehab or oh you did this you're cured it's like no it's something i that's always going to be in your it's head it's always going to be with me right you know? like it's always inside of me so um i okay so i'm going to talk about my experience with substance abuse mm-hmm. and i have never done um heroin 
per yeah. se. But, like, um, I have dabbled with most things. Yeah. Um, and so I think I just have an overall – I have a – I don't know, because my, my addiction is um, different than yours, and I think everybody's addiction is different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's no – it's all similar, but it's all different. You know what I mean? So, like, my experience is going to be different than yours. But I will say, you were saying that, like, when you were a kid that you had this, like, anxiety going all the time. Well, mm-hmm. I never slept. Like, I could never, ever sleep as a kid from the time, like, I can remember. Probably, like, four years old. Could not sleep, like, at all. So, I started um, doing this thing uh, where I would go and, like, sneak. My mom would have mixed drinks, like, in already you know what I mean? Like, the kind where you buy it in the bottle all together, like, margarita yeah, mix, yeah. but it's, like, also got the liquor in it. So, I would go and, like, chug that. Wish I would have thought to put water in it, <laughs> but I didn't even know that you could do that. So, um, and then I would, like, drink, like, half of a bottle of, like, Robitussin or something so I could get, like, this buzz, basically. Yeah. And then the buzz would, like, go through my body, and then I could just, like, let go of all the tenseness, and then I could fall asleep. And so I don't know where I got the idea to do that. Like, honestly, I don't know where that came from. But I will say, like, when I was, like, five years old, um, I would, like, ask my great-grandma for, like, a sip of beer. And then mm-hmm. she'd be like, all right, just do that dance you do. Mm-hmm. So I do this goofy-ass dance, and then, like, I come over there, and she's like, all right, you can have a sip. And it's not like she was, like, feeding me a beer. Like, I don't want anybody th- – I mean, she's obviously passed away, but, like, she – wasn't like just giving a child a whole fucking beer or something like that. It was little sips here and there and it Mm. tasted disgusting, but like there was something fun about it because a, my grandma was doing it and she always seemed fucking happy on the happy juice. So like that, you know what I mean? It seemed like a good time had by all. And I do also want to say like, I grew up all around addiction, Mm. like from actual pills to alcohol, like I was constantly surrounded by people abusing substances. And so it had been normal to me since the get, like since I was born, that like somebody would be drinking or my grandma uh, would have tranquilizer pills is what she called them, which I believe they were just Xanaxes, um, that she would give out like... Were they Quaaludes? Well, I think that was like, I think those were like outlawed before I would have been a kid, like, in the 70s yeah. or something. I do get bummed that I missed out on Quaaludes. I do think, like, if I could, there's two drugs I would do if I could do them, and that'd mm. be Quaaludes and ketamine. I never did ketamine. Uh, I, I don't know, that scares me. Ketamine scares that sounds me. fun as fuck. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, but, yeah, she would, my cousins would be like, hey, can I have one of your tranquilizer pills? She's like, all right, and she'd, she'd give them out. So she was giving them out when family was over. So it was mm. always present like they weren't doing crack they weren't you know what I mean shooting up they weren't doing coke or anything like that but in a form it was just like alcohol and pills alcohol and pills like around me all the time so maybe that's where I got the idea to chug the like the um cough medicine because it was like mm-hmm. it was usually like cough medicine that had some sort of nighttime effect sure plus the alcohol because that would give me like a warm all, all over feeling too um so I started doing that um, I was too scared to ever, like, smoke weed when I was a kid because my mom um, had me really young. So let's just say she used to party, you know what I mean? So I just figured she would know. Like, she would know if I was high or something. So I wouldn't do anything like that. Um, but my mom started letting me have, like, we go to Hacienda. This is a Mexican food restaurant for those that are not you know, mm-hmm. lo- bleh, local. But um, we go to the restaurant, and she would order a big margarita, and she'd let me drink most of it. Like, 
and that would be our fun thing. It's not like we were trashed or anything, but obviously I had a buzz. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was happening, and then, like, um, I was really weird, so I didn't really go and spend the night at people's houses that much, but I had one friend in junior high where we all went over to her house, and um, another girl we were hanging out with was kind of, I guess, bad news or whatever, but um, she was just like, I'm going to make this drink where it's everything in the alcohol cabinet all together. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody has this experience at some point in their childhood, but like, she pours it all in a drink cup, and then she fills it up with water. I learned about that water yeah, thing. Yep. And so um, we're drinking it. It tasted ridiculous, like, but we're drinking it, and then... Our friend, whose house we were at, didn't know we were doing this. It was a secret. And then she goes, you guys are acting fucking weird. Like, after everybody else left. And we were like, we did this thing. And she, like, freaked out, like, and had to tell her mom. It was, I felt so bad because I didn't think she would, like, react like that at all. I thought she'd just be like, let let me do it. You know what I mean? I just, Mm. I felt so awful that I made her feel that way by doing something like secret behind her back because that was my best friend you know what I mean so there was that but like then in high school like for New Year's Eve parties and stuff like I would go over my friend's house and her mom would just straight up buy a champagne for like birthdays and like they were rich (laughs) as fuck but like she'd like buy us like um crab legs and champagne and shit like and we'd just like sit there and drink and I loved that feeling. Like, I loved, loved, loved that feeling. The first time I got drunk, though, was, like, when I was 15 in London. I told you we got... Yeah. Yeah, so um, our friend was 18, and that's, like, the legal age. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we were 15. And um, she went and bought us, like, some stupid-ass, like, wine coolers or something. And then we couldn't get the damn bottle open, so we had to take it to the bar downstairs in the hotel. And they were like, aren't you kids too young to drink? But they definitely opened our drinks. But I remember getting so drunk that I was, like, leaning outside of a window, like, in my bra, with way up high in the, like, air, yeah. like, with just leaning out there, could have fallen. Mm-hmm. And then I went and hid under the stairs, and I was just drunk under the stairs. And, th- yeah, that was definitely my first drunk, drunk experience. But, like, after that, I was just like... I love, I, I knew that I would have a problem with drinking. From there on, I was like, I have the bug. Yeah. Because my grandpa had it, my great-grandma grandma and my great-grandpa had it. My grandma had the pill problem. My mom, sometimes, she never really seemed to have a, a problem, but I hated being around her when she was drunk. Mm-hmm. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like, when you're just around yeah. an adult, and they're oh, supposed yeah. to be the one in charge, and they don't seem in control of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, that's terrifying. Um, so, you know, I grew up in this environment and so I joined like teen power. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking drink because oh, yeah. like I'm, an, I, I knew I was like, I'm going to be an addict of this. And all while this is going on, um, I just want to mention that I developed eating problems from like the time I was like in second grade on up where I would gorge myself and then I might starve myself for a week, like mm-hmm. starting in second grade. Like I would mm-hmm. start like starve myself and just drink orange juice or something weird like that didn't make any sense but it did to like a second grader um and so I was developing eating addiction as well um and so yeah that's not something you can overdose on you can't overdose on cookies but you can die from it but like you can or from under eating you can like yeah you're you damage your heart when you don't give Mm -hmm. yourself nutrition and then also uh you damage your heart from gaining weight quickly and losing weight quickly all things I've done a lot in my life and then also like if you become really obese then 
you know, you're killing yourself that way through diabetes or heart disease too. Mm -hmm. So, um, those are coping mechanisms, I think, all for my anxiety through, um, drinking, sneaking alcohol, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, I always thought that there was, there would be a pill for everything. Like I grew up thinking like, I'm going to be, I was like sleeping pills. I can get those when I'm adult. You know what I mean? Like then I won't have to drink the fucking cough medicine. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Or I thought, um, they have those wake up pills too. Like no dose. I didn't know what they were, but I was like, you know, I was like, I want to take a pill to go to sleep and I want to take a pill to wake up. Like I literally grew up thinking that. Yeah. Like I was like, I want that. That sounds great. See, I didn't think like that when I was a kid. I just, I didn't think exactly like that because I wasn't like exposed to that. Like I, my, like dad drank, but like he didn't drink around us a lot. Yeah. So, which is probably the right most thought, responsible it, thing to do. But I thought it was normal, though, for your dad to drink a lot. Like, my dad would be at the bar every, you know, most nights. Yeah. Nearly every night. But I didn't think about, like, but it clicked. Like, I, well, I was also going to mention, sorry, um, when I was younger, like, I remember I tried to smoke parsley, like, and I put it in aluminum foil and tried to smoke it. I'd have incense. I'd try to inhale the smoke of incense. I, I did that, too. I snorted pixie dust. Uh, I did juice. not do that. that I snorted scary. pixie yeah, sugar. Like, I just... At a young age, I wanted to see what would this do? What, how would this make me feel? But also, you know? I think that's drug culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, now it's, like, in rap songs. Like, I was listening to some Nicki Minaj song last night, and they're like, she's just like, Percocets, perk this or whatever the fuck, rhyming something with Percocets. And I'm like, that probably shouldn't be on the fucking radio. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's exposed. Like, you're saying you were, like, snorting pixie sticks, probably because you saw in a movie people snorting coke yeah. or something, and you're just like, that looks cool. I mean, I think that drugs just look cool. But it, like... In, like, the 6th or 7th grade should... I mean, I guess, is that pretty normal to do? I think that the drug culture was becoming known to people, like, kids. You know, now we think, oh, they don't know what cocaine is. Kids know what the fuck cocaine is. You know what I mean? Because they get exposed... Somebody in their class is probably exposed to it, and then Mm -hmm. they go and tell their friend about it, or they see it in a movie. Like, now it's in rap songs on the radio, Mm -hmm. like, about drugs. So it's just, like, drugs are presented as this, like, fun party time thing that you're going to get to do when you're an adult or whenever you can, like, get access to them or whatever. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And then, I mean, I just think that that's wrong. Like, we should stop doing that. I agree. Stop making drugs look fun and make make them look serious, you know? But, um, so, yeah, so I'm developing um, problems with, like, drinking. I never smoked weed or anything um, because I was terrified and like drinking and eating I guess so then I started like I developed bulimia which I believe is on the spectrum of addiction because I would gorge myself with the craziest amount of food like you have no idea like I couldn't do it now Hmm. like I couldn't I would eat a whole like bag of uh bread like a whole loaf of bread uh, I would just keep, like, microwaving it with cheese on it or something stupid. Yeah. And this, these foods were not good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just, like, I just couldn't stop. It was, like, the feeling. It was comfortable. I Even thinking about it now, like, it like it you makes me. Yes. It's, like, releasing dopamine in my head thinking about it. Like, it was just, like, the constant, like, chewing and swallowing, the constant chewing and swallowing, the filling up. Like, it just felt so good. And that wasn't even good food. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I would microwave shrimp and eat that. And so I started, um, I figured out a way to throw up basically like in sixth grade and I didn't do it seriously then. It got worse as I got older, but, um, I was like, oh, this is a solution, you know? So like I have this problem 
where I eat and I don't want to be unattractive because I always was just obsessed with my appearance. So like, you know, I would throw up like my food, you know, and I found out another, another friend did it. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about it all the time and end up, we started just doing that together. Like we would eat shit tons of food together and then go vomit in the bathroom together. Mm -hmm. So that's weird. But I guess that's like, I mean, in a way, like you have a peer that's doing it too. So So it's normalized. Yeah. Yeah. And she was very pretty, too. She was a very pretty girl. And so I was like, oh, you know, pretty girl's doing it. Like, it's not weird mm-hmm. that I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But um, so then um, after I didn't really drink, like, and go to parties like people did in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember going to some parties and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, they're falling down stairs. They're, like, smashing beer on their heads. Like acting insane and like I was like I don't want to look like that you know what I mean like I remember thinking uh uh-uh, uh no I don't want to be a bro <laughs> you know what I mean like that's mm-hmm. just gross looking but then once I turned 21 that's really when I started drinking I'd say well slightly before then I started drinking sneaking alcohol at work mm-hmm. because they didn't pay attention really and uh being in a job where I take my clothes off for money I uh that would make me more comfortable in doing that yeah like, way more comfortable. So, gr- girls that were older would even buy me drinks and let me drink them in the back, um, the dressing room or something. Mm-hmm. So, I started doing that, and but it was mainly at work. I started sneaking alcohol from my friend's house, um, from her mom's roommate. She would always have whiskey, and i just go in the bathroom, or go into the kitchen every time I'd, uh, pour a coke for myself i take a little bit of whiskey and pour it in there and nobody had any idea so i started drinking secretly mm-hmm. um and then once i was 21 i didn't go start going out to bars but i drank i definitely drank because we just have drinking you you know yeah like and then that's when i got exposed to pills and i was like this is fucking great <laughs> yeah i mean? was out every night right yeah when we started hanging out it was like all the time. that was like when i started going out every single night but back before then i was like i was I was developing what would end up being me spending all my money and going out every single night, all night, mm-hmm. <laughs> for, like, years. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I mean, my drinking and everything got so bad, like, and doing drugs and, like, their Coke was great because, you know, it helped with my problem. Like, it, I wasn't hungry. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the number one thing. I was like, this is awesome because I'm not hungry, so I'm not – I don't need that – that dopamine fix because I have this dopamine fix and I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't need to stuff my face and I'm also losing weight. Like, you know, I think that, you know, self-obsession with like appearance is also sort of like, um, an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just, it started getting wild out of control and I was just like, and then I would think things like, Oh, this is a beautiful tragedy or some bullshit yeah. where I'm like, Oh, I'm just, a, I'm a, you know, I'm going to, be some fucking beatnik person. I don't know. Like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? No, I, I thought, like, I thought that was just my life. Like, I didn't think... I mean, I know what you're saying. It was kind of like, this is who I am or whatever. I don't know how to explain it, but I didn't think, honestly, I thought that was going to be my life forever. Like, right. I, I thought, I didn't think I was going to ever get sober. Right. I never did, but I thought, I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, this is me. I'm just depressed, and this is just my life, and this is who I am. Not like I'm being controlled by this crazy-ass disease. Right. You know? Right. That's my own mind. Right. Know? I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I was just like, yeah, it was pitiful, but I was like, grew up, like, 
you know. Well, we sometimes like our idols or whatever you see. Like I was going to say Kobe. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Like I grew up uh, reading everything I could about Marilyn Monroe. And I'm like, she, like, that's where I got the pill to wake up and the pill to go to sleep. I was like, I want that. You know, and then she just like stayed not sober basically yeah. for like a good part of her career because she was, it was all nerves. It was all about her. She was nervous about all everything all the time. Sure, I get that. And I identified with that. Yeah. And so, you know, once I was like an alcoholic and any pill, any drug that was ever on the table, yeah, I would have done it mm-hmm. at that time. And I think that has a lot to do with just having no um, inhibitions because I was drunk, 20, yeah. you know, any pretty much any time I was awake. Me too. You know yeah. what I mean? There was the, there was the hangover period in the morning, and then it was like, let's go out and get somebody to buy us alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we could. Yeah. It was so easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, we didn't even have to have money. <laughs> like, yeah. For drugs, I mean, at one point, you know, you had to start buying, like, drugs and stuff. Oh, yeah. But for a yeah. while there, it was just like, but... people just give us shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just, you know, want to share or whatever. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know... I mean, I know my um, uh, usage of a substance got really bad after I got raped because when I came back, I felt really guilty about that and I wanted to escape that constantly. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, I was like, did I cause that? You know what I mean? What At what point was I being a tease to this person or something? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which was ridiculous because the guy presented himself as gay. Mm-hmm. But like, um, you know, but that's in your head. And so I constantly just wanted to be out of it. Like, that's whenever it got really bad for me. Um, I think the only reason that I calmed down, um, is sickness because I've gotten sick twice. Like, because I had that stroke Mm. and, um, I couldn't drink, uh, heavily for six months because I was on blood thinners. Like, they said you could only have two beers at a time. So I'd have, like, three, Mm -hmm. you know? Now I'm ridiculous and would drink like a box of wine on blood thinners, which is extreme. Like if I would have fall, if I fall and bust my head during a time where I've been drinking that much, like I'll probably die. Like it's that bad. Like I just don't really. So do you think that's a problem though? Like the fact that something that you still continue to do something that could kill you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I slowed like, okay. So let me say that I slowed down during that period Mm -hmm. after the stroke. And then I got banned from the people. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that probably helped a little bit. But um, so I just, you know, and then I dated somebody for four years um, that always drank too mm-hmm. and always wanted to smoke weed. And so we were just like, we didn't, yeah, we went out a lot, but like it became a home thing by our, by ourselves mm-hmm. thing. Um, whereas it always was a going out or social thing before. Mm-hmm. And then I developed this like, okay, well, I just want to do it at home thing but also I like to go out too now I just don't really like going out as much because I don't like crowds and you know I'll probably over drink if I'm in a crowd because it makes me so nervous Mm -hmm. um and I also don't like people seeing me act stupid anymore like because you know I embarrass myself so much like just being mean like Mm -hmm. and just having no filter in a way that was really harmful to me and others like telling their business uh, telling my business, you know what I mean? I was just hurting people. Like I was just being a mess and I'm sure people looked at me like that bitch is a mess. Like, and I didn't think of it like that until, you know, recently, like, 
you know, especially having um, a friend for a while that would always get drunk and make a mess of herself, like, and I'd be like, oh, I've been there, you know, like, you can stop doing that, and but she didn't want to, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. seeing it in others, it makes you look back on yourself mm-hmm. and be like, oh, okay, that's how I used to be, that's fucking terrible. Yeah, um, it's, it's crazy to see. Right, right, so when you look at it in someone else, it's like, ooh, but I do, I will say that I have not chosen to make a full recovery like I've I've stopped doing everything for like three months once and that was insane to me but um and I don't drink every day anymore like I did to excess every single day for years yeah for years and years yeah and if there is any kind of drug on the table that too give it to me you know mm-hmm. what I mean so I definitely think drinking is my main vice vi- uh, that and eating mm-hmm. which is caused um my eating situation and me trying to control my weight because of the the eating situation has almost killed me twice. Yeah. Um, because I was abusing pills and uh, had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, pills that were thyroid pills for horses. Yeah, that's that, crazy. That, that will they speed up your metabolism and you will lose weight on them. Um, yeah. And that that's basically why I had a stroke. I mean, there's other factors. I was also on Adderall, so I'm taking Adderall, horse tranquilizers, and birth control, too. birth control, drinking, um, inner like there was like um, I don't know, Slim Fit or something, a mm-hmm. diet pill drink, then taking diet pills. Like I'm, I can't believe I didn't have a heart attack and die. Yeah, we had a stroke though, you know. Right, but I'm surprised it was that mm-hmm. and not something else. You know what I mean? Like. I could have just, like, had heart failure and died, you know? Yeah. And I was I was doing this for, like, maybe a month. Mm-hmm. Like, so it had been going on for a while. Um, and the second time, um, I, I, my weight goes up and down, up and down, up and down. So I started, like, I never really had a big belly, really, mm-hmm. like, even when I was bigger. And then it started getting bigger because I guess your body, cha- like, your body changes shape mm-hmm. as you, like, age and so I got liposuction on my stomach and that um I don't know if that's exactly what caused the blood clot or if it was the fact that they um whenever they put the IV in my leg that like a bubble like an air bubble went through and caused it because it wasn't a clot that started where I had liposuction it was it was in my leg so it's really hard to say but it definitely came to be because I had a big ass surgery that was stupid and unnecessary yeah so twice you've almost died because 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 I'm addicted to eating and I I constantly just want to like do something that's a quick fix for it you know because it's like it's really hard for me like you know I try to explain it to other people and they're just like uh I don't think they get it yeah I always have to have a system for my eating. Like, you know how, like, people uh, are like, okay, well, I'm only going to drink on Thursday, and yeah. I'm only going to um, have beer and wine, but I'm not going to drink liquor. Like, I'm yeah. like that with food. So, like, right now, I'm only eating once a day. Yeah. Like, it's all, like, I just don't tell people. Like, I always yeah. have a weird system I'm doing with food, yeah. and then it, and then I stop being able to do it for whatever reason, or, like, now I'm eating bigger meals once a day, like, humongous meals once a day. First, it started, like, as small meals. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so, like, I always try to control it, but really, the only way to really, you know, the only way to really do it right is just to fucking eat real food. Healthy. In small, you know, acceptable portions where it's, like, not junk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I can't not do that. Yeah, it's like the discipline. I understand, like, well, since I've gotten sober, I've gained a shit ton of weight. And I think a lot of it is my hormones, but a lot of it is because I used to never eat. And now, like, I'm like, okay, well, I need to, like start trying to lose weight and it 
it is so hard to discipline yourself to eat healthy. It's like oh, so yeah. hard. No, it definitely is. And then I think that's why people get on these Atkins and like keto diets is Lose because all this weight and then they gain it back because But also it gives them a system. Yeah, that's I think true. we're always looking for a system in order to control what urges that we cannot just fight on our own. Yeah. And so like I'm always looking for an eating system, but like because I've gained weight so much before and I try to like knock it off in unnatural ways like literally I've almost died Mm -hmm. that's so dumb like I remember being in the hospital after the lipo and I'm like I can't believe this I almost killed myself before trying to lose weight and I almost have killed killed myself again over something in the same vein it's like the same thing it's vanity you know what Mm -hmm. I mean it's just stupid but it's also like why can't I just eat right like why can't I just be like my body and my appearance would be more acceptable to me and you know i'd be happier with it if i just fucking ate right but i can't yeah does that make sense yeah it makes sense and especially when you drink too whenever you drink and you come home i don't know about you but i do this thing where i eat everything in the house yeah i would eat too i'd eat whatever yeah i just be like starting to eat anything so like i don't have any control over my eating when i'm drinking too yeah yeah because you get into it yeah right because you don't have like any um you don't have any stop or whatever. I don't know what it's called. You don't have like a buffer. You don't have any willpower. You're no, no, because you're just like fuck it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just like start throwing shit in your mouth. But like now, I don't drink as often. Um, but I do binge drink. Like mm-hmm. I will have to say that I definitely binge drink. Um, I've almost got myself in legal trouble before. I've almost got I somehow I skirted out of like two DUIs mm-hmm. once because I had my dog with me when I hit a light pole when I was drunk, and they were like didn't want to they didn't want to have to deal with taking the dog to a pound or something. Yeah, and, it, and they're just like have a friend pick you up. Like mm-hmm. they even got on my phone with my mom and told her that I had like blown way over the limit. Yeah. I don't remember what the numbers were, but uh-huh. I think it was like point one eight because yeah. I remember there was an eight. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, you know, they just were like, fuck it, <laughs> call your call a friend. And then the other time I was drinking and ran into a truck and somehow got out of that because when the cops found me, I was in the passenger seat. So you, you cannot, um, yeah, and I've looked that up that actually recently. I looked that up yeah. and that is a thing, but if you cannot prove that you were driving, if the, if you're not in the seat with the, like your keys and the ignition, they can't say that you were driving. So anyways, luckily a lawyer recognized this. I didn't know that was possible, and they got me off. But, like, so drinking has really caused me some issues. Yeah, so you'd think you would want to, you know, maybe stop. But, like, why have you chosen? Not that I think you should. I think it's up to you what you want to do. Right. Is it because you haven't had, like, any... I would say no severe consequences, but you kind of had had some consequences, you know? No, I definitely have. I don't know. You think it's because you work in a place that, like, encourages it? That could be part of it? That definitely is a part, yes. I would say that's definitely a part of it, especially in certain clubs that I dance at where the drinking culture is more lit, I guess to say. Like, it's just like everybody's just lit, and then, you know, it's just expected of you. Mm -hmm. And, like, when you say you don't want to take a shot with somebody that's going to get a VIP, they almost, like, don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they, they just don't feel like they're in it together with you. But in other clubs, it's not as, it's not as like, they don't think of it like that. So um, I think that has to do with it. And I also just, I don't know. I don't really know because, like, like I said, it has caused me issues. And, like, unlike eating, you always have to eat. You know what I mean? So it's like that is a fucked up addiction where it's like you can't get away from it. You're mm-hmm. always going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. But alcohol, you don't have to drink. 
You know what I mean? Like, I could get away from alcohol. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where, like, I don't want to drink. I feel like I have a system now because I'm always looking for a system. Mm -hmm. So, like, now um, I just don't, you know, I'll say, like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm not going to drink any hard liquor. You know, sometimes I stick to that. But most of the time I just drink beer or something. And then if somebody gets a shot for the table or something, I'll take that. But I'm not going to go seek it out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But, um... It's, it's really hard to say. And I feel, okay, this is it, okay. I think, is that, like, I don't feel like I can relate to people in the same way when I'm not drunk. Or, yeah. or you know, m- drunk, I guess. Yeah. You can't, I mean, I thought that, too. Like, I always felt like that, too, but you can. Right. And I know I can. You know, it's like you, you relax, like... You, you tolerate more when you're drunk. Like, you know, whenever I would get drunk, I'd be like, oh, my God, I love you. It's so good to see you. Like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, when I'm sober, I'm like, man. More I'm, reserved. Yeah, I'm more reserved. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's, like, it has a lot to do with my anxiety because, mm-hmm. like, I'm, like, this weird person where I'm, you know, I can really present myself as an extrovert, but really I'm a, a huge introvert. Yeah. From, I think, being an only child and stuff. And so it helps me to get out of my shell, and I don't know if I could live being in my shell forever. Yeah. No, I understand. Like, I've had to, like, slowly come out of my shell. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I've i gotten more comfortable with it, you know? Yeah. Each day, even. And like, even whenever I was, like, sober for that three months, I did feel, uh, like, less anxious. Yeah, it goes away. Like, at some point, it's just like, okay, well, I'm not as anxious as I was. Because whenever you're, like, you have that crutch of drinking, it's like, oh, I could have a drink, and I'd be much more comfortable. So you're just like... That's, like, making you itch or something. Like, I could have a drink, I could have a drink, I could have yeah. a drink. But when, you, when you've when said, I'm not drinking, for sure, not drinking, yeah, no, that's not, not even on the table. So, like, you're you not going to get nervous it. about it. Yeah, or you just got to deal with it. Like Yeah, you have to face it, like, head on. Yeah, and that's, like, when I got sober, like, honestly, one of the hardest things, probably the hardest thing I had to do was get sober. Like, it's not easy. Like, it's, like, not fucking pretty. You know, like, it's, you, you're sick, you don't feel good, but, like... You learn to get through it, and, like, you become stronger. Like, I feel like I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life, like, to know I can overcome that stuff. Because it is scary getting sober when my whole life for, like, 12 years, all I knew was getting messed up. I didn't know what it was like to be sober. Right. You know, I had no idea. I thought I was like, I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to have any of this stuff. That's what it is. I just feel like um, drinking and any sort of substance use, it makes things that would normally be boring fun. Yeah, no. But, like, why do you need to be, like, and then I thought, like about bars and stuff like when I got sober and I'm like why do I need why should I ever want to do anything where I feel like I need to drink to have fun right like if it's gonna if you have to drink or else it's gonna be boring like what's what's the point like I want to have do stuff that's fun without even having to drink like I know that sounds kind of cheesy or whatever but like you can have fun without drinking right I just think that you like you said you can tolerate more you know what I mean yeah and like people that I just think my life would change dramatically. Like, I don't know who I'd even hang out with, you know. Well, we and that's not to out. say that, like, I don't have friends that specifically that I work with that don't drink at all. Yeah. I have people in my life that don't, you know, drink at work and stuff. But um, maybe it's just, like, that. I was, okay, so I was completely sober yesterday at work for the first time in, like, three months or something, a yeah. while. And, um, and I was given a guy, two guys, like, VIPs. And the whole time, I was just like, fuck. Not that one guy was really attractive, um, Mm -hmm. and then the other guy was very polite. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's nothing wrong with these guys. They weren't being grabby. They weren't being dicks. 
you know, but like just looking at him in the eye and stuff, it hurt. <laughs> like it was just like there's something in me and I like my job, but like it makes it so much easier if I've had like a drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cuz it's like making eye contact with people like I'm not a forward person really. So mm-hmm. I'm just playing one at the club, you know. Yeah. And so I'm being really flirtatious and stuff and I can go through the motions when I'm not drinking, but like it some it feels like it's just like nails on a chalkboard. It's really difficult. Mhm. You know. It's much easier if I've had a drink. Yeah. But I do get used to it when I don't do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then I'm able to do it. And I just actually think about, like, cheeseburgers or whatever I'm going to eat the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is terrible. There we go back with the food. But seriously, I do think during lap dances what I'm going to eat later That's or, like, good. the next day. But, um, yeah, I think yeah. maybe when I get out of that life, then maybe I'd be able to, like, get away from it possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. Right now I'm not choosing recovery. Yeah, that's and that's fine. But, I mean, the whole point of this, I guess, really is, like, you know, it's up to you, but, like, what you want to do. But I just want to know, want people to know that, like, you can get sober. Like, I thought it was something I could never do. I thought it was, like, my life is totally different than I ever thought it would be. Um, you know, whenever I was younger, I never thought this would be my life. Um, but it's it's pretty good. You know, I've gone through a lot of shit I wish I probably wouldn't have. But yeah. that's okay. I, I'm here and I can help other people. And, that's, and you've got really good friends that are, like, also sober. Yeah, like, I've got a really good, like, solid group of sober friends, too, that, like, we help each other out, you know, and it, it's really good. Right. You know, my life is really good. My life is happy. My life is, um, it's full now. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I think that something would have to happen where I had, like, a kid or something. Yeah, to make you want to be sober. Yeah. But you got to do it for you, though, because the thing is, if you got if you do it for something else, like, a lot of people, like, get sober for their kids, or they get sober because, you know, a family member wants them to get sober. Like, what happens when that kid grows up and gets old? What happens when that family member just ignores you? Like, then that person, the reason you stayed sober is gone, so you have no reason to stay sober. you got to get sober for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't know. I just, I just saw, I've seen that happen a lot of times. People say they're doing it for other people, and it's like, sure, that's nice, but until you realize you want to do it for yourself, and it's it's gotten so bad. Like, with you, I think just the bad's never outweighed the good. Even, I mean, it's been some bad stuff. For no, sure. I know there's been some really bad stuff. And some stuff. embarrassing stuff, and yeah. some things I'm ashamed of. You just haven't gotten to that point yet, and maybe you never will, and I hope you, I hope, you know, life can be fine, but I do. You know, it'd be, it would be cool to see, you know, what it would be like sober. Like, I know what sober you's like. You, like, sure, do I think you maybe have some tendencies, and I know you've abused alcohol, absolutely, but you can, you do have those little systems in place, you know. I do, and but so, like, I just still, keep trying yeah. to operate within those, but I definitely can see, like, the times where I was just, like, I was just, um... I wasn't working. I was just, like, going to the bar and flirting with guys for free drinks. I didn't have any mm-hmm. money. Like, I could see if something happened to me to put me in a place of, like you said, desperation. Yeah. I could see going back to that tomorrow. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if something just happened that fucking blew my world apart, like, if something, like, I would just, that would, I think that that's what I would go to. Like, if you mm. were to die or something, I'd probably just start, like, drinking myself to death. Yeah. Like, immediately. Yeah. But, like, I mean, hopefully, you know, that isn't the case and I won't feel that way. But I'm just saying, like, I could see that being the the thing that I go to immediately. Does that make sense? Yeah, because that's what you've always went to. Right. That's what comforts you. Like, that's right what... now, it's, like, not terrible. 
You know what I mean? And also, I don't know how terrible it really is because you look at your addiction and you look at your drug usage through, like, rose-colored glasses. You don't ever really know. Like, I don't really know. Am I bad? It's, like, hard to say. Yeah, and it's, like, I mean, I didn't realize how bad I was until I was really bad. And, like, you know. Right. I didn't realize until I realized the rest of the world, like, they go out and they have, like, a beer or two or a half a beer. They don't finish. There's some people that don't even drink. Not because they're alcoholics, they just don't like to drink. Yeah, I wish that I was like that. Mind, I, that's amazing. Like, Or they might have a drink, a glass of champagne on New Year's Eve, and they just really don't think about drinking through, throughout the rest of the year. I think that's magical. Like, like I, I wish I could do that. Yeah, my brain just never worked like that. Yeah, and whenever I was really, really bad, where I was like, you know, just putting myself in harm's way, doing stupid stuff, like running from the cops drunk, because I was just like, they see me, this will be fun, I'll hide behind a bush, and they come over with a fucking flashlight, and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just doing stupid stuff, like, I didn't realize how ridiculous that was until now, because mm-hmm. I'm not like that anymore, so maybe in the future, if I'm completely 100% sober, I'll look at this period of my life now, and I'm like... Why was I putting my life in danger drinking all that wine whenever I'm on blood thinner and somebody could have hit me in the head with a fucking hammer and I would have died immediately from a brain aneurysm? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'll look at it and just be like, what the fuck? Why was that? Why was that worth it? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we can't know. But it's interesting, I think, to present this to you guys because, like, we have two different um, sides of the spectrum, whereas, like, she is really, really dedicated to um, sober. I've tried it, but then ultimately wanted to relate to somebody and drink because I was on a date, honestly. And then it, I never stopped. And I really was just like, I'll just drink on this date. Mm-hmm. After I have like three months of sobriety, I'm like, I'll just drink on this date. It'll be fun. And then I'll just won't do it again. No, no, it's <laughs> not yeah. how it happened. Yeah. So, um, we would like to hear about your experiences. Um, yeah. if this was valuable to you and you felt like you could share like an understanding with um, what either of us have gone gone through, please let us know. And, uh, yeah, we want to talk to you again about this probably. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll check in later. But, yeah, you know, like, if you do have trouble with this, reach out. You know, you're not alone. You're not the only one. I thought I was, like, just insane. But you're not the only one. You're not alone. You know, reach out. You can even, you know, comment on this and, you know, I can message you. It's fine, you know. Like, it's uh, it's just a good subject to talk about because I think it's, it's stigmatized and people don't talk about it enough and they... You know, I agree. Thanks, people should talk about it. Anyway, all right. Well, I hope you guys have fun, and if you listen to this whole thing, like, you know, awesome. <laughs> comment, comment a heart. Comment if you a made heart. it to the end. Uh, yeah. Comment a heart or like a beer bottle. Yeah, beer bottle. All right. All right. Beer bye. bottle emoji. All right. Bye. Bye.